have to tell you that I keep having to pinch myself because I'm talking to Mario Andretti and we're talking about all these great stories and it, it makes me so happy that, you know, that you take the time, uh, that, that you that you want to share your stories. Uh, it means the world to me. So I'm not going to say thank you anymore, I promise, but I want you to know how, how much it means to me, the, the person you are. I, I tell you what I did this morning, I called my brother and I said, Daryl, what what kind of Mario Andretti stories do you have? And he said, well, he wrecked me in the IROC race one day. I remember that. He said, but, oh, I don't remember that. Yeah, I told him I didn't think I, I told him I didn't think that was true. Well, it's quite the honor that I have today. My guest is Mario Andretti. He needs no introduction. Um, so thankful of, of Mario joining me on Walter Funfiltered. Our our podcast has had a lot of great moments, but uh, this this is this is big for me. When I grew up. I was, you know, I was a kid of the 60s, and Mario was the driver of the year in the 60s, 70s, 80s, so many accomplishments, won the Daytona 500, but, uh, you know, Mario, I just want to say thank you for joining me. Thank you so much. Thanks, Mike. You're very kind. Very kind. Too kind. <laughs> well, it's been, it's been fun lately. I, I watched you uh, join Clint Boyer and, and the boys on Fox Sports <laughs> for, for a little eye racing, and I read on your Twitter where you said, um, you know, you can teach an old dog new tricks. What what was what was it like getting on iRacing racing and hanging out with those boys? Well, you know, I had to get in the act a little bit. Uh, and obviously, along the way, we did, I got myself a rig and uh, and I got invited uh, with this uh, Legends program that uh, Torque um, Esports is having. And um, anyway, uh, it was fun. Uh, I screwed up a little bit because I forgot they were qualifying. And there was five minutes of qualifying for the race and uh, and I was, you know, messing around and I said, oh my God, gotta go. And then I only had a minute and a half left and I only had the outlap that counted. So that put me in the back and I got hit in the back at the start, you know, I got spun. And then, um, you know, so it was, you know, trouble from there. But uh, nevertheless, uh, you know, I had fun doing it, uh, mixing it up with the boys, uh, you know, they're all, you know, it was the over 40, but they're all 40 years younger than I am. <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's really so <laughs> I'm trying to put together one like uh, the over 70s, over, you know, then, then it'd be a little more fair. <laughs> yeah. You know what I find about iRacing? I, I go down to Denny Hamlin's house. He lives close to me, and I'll, I'll uh, drive his rig. And I get just as worked up as I did if it's a real car. You, you forget you know, you forget it's not a race car. You, you're, you're into it. It's competition. Did you, did you have that same sort of spirit? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Actually, uh, if you want to kill some time quickly without knowing, I can get on there. I can get wrapped up on some of the tracks and I can be on there for three and a half hours. I work up a sweat and I look, oh my goodness, you know, I thought it was 10 minutes ago, you know, <laughs> you really do get wrapped up in it. Uh, because, uh, you know, you find that uh, you, tr you try to look for that feel, you know, we're, we're so used to the real thing that, um, you know, sometimes, uh, you know, it takes a lot of adjusting, you know, to, to try to get a feel of these things. Um, and, you know, it's, you 
you lose the back end or whatever, you know, and figure, oh, goodness, you know, no warning type of thing. And that, that's the part that really gets you. So it's pretty disciplined. You know, it's, uh, it, it, it's, it's a real art in itself. You know, so uh, I, I know that even at Indy, you know, you had some of these gamers, uh, uh, this uh, dude from Holland, you know, really a great guy. He's one of the best in the business. He's telling me how to, how to, the line to drive at Indianapolis, you know, so I figure, okay, uh, I'll take it. <laughs> yeah, thanks for the help, right? Yeah, thanks for the help. <laughs> I used to do pretty good there myself, but I, I really appreciate it. That, that was your sentiment, I bet. I, I mentioned at the top that you were uh, the driver of the decade or driver of the year in 67, in, the, in, the, in 78, and 84, three different decades, the only driver the only racer ever to do that. Um, can you help me understand what it was like transitioning from the 60s to the 70s and the 80s and having the same amount of success and being such a, a, a great racer all those years? Well, I think uh, you probably know as well as I do, it begins with love and passion, you know, for what we do. And, uh, and the fact that, uh, you know, I've been able to dodge a lot of bullets along the way and then continue my career without really interruption. You know, that, that's huge. And uh, I, couldn't, I could never get enough of driving. So, you know, if, uh, you know, like for instance, NASCAR, they got 36 races, you know, and everything. You're not looking for much else. But uh, like in IndyCar, for instance, they would have like 19, 20, 21 races. And uh, to me, that wasn't enough. So I would always be looking for something else, uh, sports cars. And uh, when I, I had the opportunity, like in the 60s, you know, I had a great relationship with Ford. So uh, besides the Le Mans program, you know, the sports cars, they're also, you know, stock cars, you know, with Hellman and Moody. And, uh, and I developed really a great relationship with them. And then, of course, John Hallman, Ralph Moody, and that group there. And, and so if I ask, you know, can I do a couple of races? Oh, yeah, sure. You know, they'd always have a car. And, and then it's nice to be able to, uh, you know, move over to another discipline, but not just to move over, but we'll be with the top team. As you know, you got, you got to have the equipment. And, um, you know, and in 66, I remember that my first experience uh, on, on, on the Oval, actually, uh, even though I had some experience with the sports car there where we run the banks, uh, but with the stock car was with the Smoky Unit. And, uh, and the reason that he wanted me, I found, I, you know, I gathered later, uh, is because he wanted to experiment. He didn't want a driver to tell him how to set up the car. And he had, honest to goodness, he had the car set up square because he felt that you didn't need any cross weight or anything uh, because of the banking. So, you know, he, he had to prove his theory on me. And, uh, and I'm, I'm out there. I mean, I'm really fighting that turkey, and uh, and I'm thinking, and the guys, I said, how can these guys be so fast and drive an animal like this? I thought maybe all the other cars were the same, and uh, and I didn't even know where to begin, where to tell them what to, you know, what the car is doing. So anyway, the following year, when we unloaded with the, one of Holman Moody's cars, I went out there and said, oh my God, this is a race car. All of a sudden, it's telling me what a race car should tell you. And then I was beginning to have some fun. So at that point, however, I wasn't getting the engines that some of those other dudes like Freddie Lorenzen was getting. 
So I had to do a little bit of lobbying. And uh, John Hallman was really on my side. Um, Ralph kept saying, well, you know, I don't want to get involved in the politics, you know, but, uh, and there's politics, <laughs> as you know. So, but, um, uh, yes, uh, but John helped me out and, uh, you know, we finally got a decent engine in there and then, uh, and then we were flying. But uh, uh, the big part is that when I, when the single car qualifying, you know, talking about the 500, you know, we're on it, single car qualifying, uh, you had a choice of uh, the angle of the spoiler that you were going to run. Mm -hmm. You had to race with it. Because, ah. you know, I wasn't pulling any revs, so I just... I ran with a 60 degree spoiler and, and then, uh, and I had to race with it. Everybody had 45 degrees and, uh, and uh, in the race I was so loose, but, but the car was, was loose, but manageable. If you know what I mean, there's loose and then there's loose. And, um, and I had to lead, you know, so I had everybody confused, you know, even your brother kept saying, well, you know, you, you know, you had everybody scared. I said, well, I was scaring myself, I said as well, but uh, as long as I was leading, I was doing okay because in those days, you know, they were the aerodynamics was, you know, to, to be able to follow somebody, you had to run below, uh -huh. you know, below them, you know, and uh, to keep the front end down. And that was perfect, it was keeping me my back end down. I didn't dare have anybody pass me on the outside because I would, would have taken me right around. So. Anyway, it was an interesting race, but uh, you know, like I said, uh, it brought us so much satisfaction. And and then to go into sports cars, and then you know, uh, the back of my mind, I always had Formula One too, because that's where it all began for me. You know, um, Michael, when I, when I was uh, just a kid in Italy, uh, that's how I fell in love with the sport. You know, through Formula One, my heroes, you know, Alascari and Ferrari and all that. So along the way, I felt that uh, I needed to, to give my career, you know, a fair chance at Formula One. And I had, uh, before I did it full time, I had some, some pretty interesting events, like, you know, I sat on pole, the first race ever that I ran in Formula One, uh, you know, second, the guy was second was uh, none other than Jackie Stewart. So it was a good day. And then uh, uh, the first race that I won in South Africa, in 71 uh, with Ferrari, Jackie Stewart finished second to me. So, you know, it was good. This, the next race that, that I won, uh, also Jackie Stewart was second. And so it was, you know, a great feeling, uh, giving me confidence. And uh, I did a few other, you know, races part-time on and off. And then in 75, I decided, uh, you know, I said, I got to devote some time. I was already 35 years old. I said, I got to devote some time to Formula One if I'm going to do it. And, and a lot of things, good things happened. And uh, so, uh, again, I moved around quite a bit. But even when I was doing Formula One, I was driving for Roger Penske here. And, uh, and, and we won a couple of IndyCar races along the way. And then uh, also, I won the IROC championship that year, too. You know, so, um, again, I just, uh, I just could never get enough. You know, uh, I just love driving so much. Uh, still do, you know, with all the messing around that I do. But uh, um, it's been my life and it's my element. You know, if I have a headache, I sit in a race car, it goes away. So uh, that, that's what it is with me. I have to tell you that I keep having to pinch myself because I'm talking to Mario Andretti and we're talking about all these great stories. And it, it makes me so happy that, 
you know, that you take the time, uh, that, that you, that you want to share your stories. Uh, it means the world to me. So I'm not going to say thank you anymore. I promise, but I want you to know how, how much it means to me, the, the person you are. I, I tell you what I did this morning. I called my brother and I said, Daryl, what, what kind of Mario Andretti stories do you have? And he said, well, he wrecked me in the IROC race one day. I remember that. He said, but, Oh, I don't remember that. Yeah. I told him, I didn't think, I, I told him, I didn't think that was true. Couldn't have been a big, big a deal because I don't remember it. Tell me. <laughs> well, if you get wrecked by Mario Andretti, I mean, that's kind of, I wish I had gotten wrecked by Mario Andretti at some point in my life, but um, the car you won the Daytona 500 with, he has, he has that car. I know you know that mm -hmm. he brought it up to uh, Pennsylvania for you. Yeah. Yeah, of course. Uh, yeah, that's why I wanted to, to chat about it a little bit because uh, it was a good chassis. And I think, uh, I think Daryl has some good, um, you know, a good time with it. You know, when he put that mercury uh, sheets on there, mercury body on it. And um, yeah, and, and it was on display at the Speedway Motel where they had a, yeah, a nice display of uh, a lot of my stuff here, there to see an exhibit, you know, which was really nice. Um, yeah, again, like I said, looking back, um, these are, you know, moments that are so important in your career. Like uh, uh, a lot of things that even people don't 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 pick up on. For instance, uh, like in Formula One, it's really a big deal for uh, because you know every race happens in a different country, and it's a big deal for any driver, any given country, to be able to win their own Grand Prix. You know, and in '77, I. I won the U.S. Grand Prix, which is my home Grand Prix at Watkins Glen. But later in the season, I won the Italian Grand Prix, which is my native. So, uh, you know, when I look back and people ask you, what are your moments? You know, these are some of the moments that that doesn't register in a lot of people, but they sure register with me, you know. So that's when I start counting my blessings, you know, uh, just uh, wonderful. You know, the motor racing has been with me, to me and, and the family course. Uh, I mean, when you look, uh, Michael, on, on both sides, you know, when my twin brother Aldo, <clears throat> you know, he was not as fortunate, you know, of course, just like my younger son, Jeff, but uh, nevertheless, you know, uh, Aldo produced uh, three other, we all, we both sides have three generations going, you know, and, um, and that's what we love. That's what we talk about. That's what the girls love to hear all the time, you know, from us. <laughs> <laughs> so can't you guys talk about anything else? Yeah. Well, no, we don't want to. Um, we don't want to talk about anything else. I want to ask you um, specifically about moments. Um, you talked about 77 winning in America and in Italy. Um, what, how did, I'm trying to understand, how did Daytona rank winning that race in all your other successes at the time? And as you reflect now back on it. It was huge. I mean, and actually as time went on, it was, uh, it became bigger because of uh, the magnitude of that event. You know, the tradition that it's uh, accumulating uh, every year and it, uh, it still remained a jewel of uh, stock car racing, you know, because of, uh, you know, it started everything with a super speedway and all that. So, uh, again, you know, it's the same thing as, uh, uh, you know, you go out, if, if you would go out and win Indianapolis, it'd be the same uh, feeling. And, um, and again, like I said, it's uh, to me, uh, huge, huge, no question. But uh, 
in in those days, uh, you know, you went on to the next race the following weekend. You know, the following weekend uh, we won Sebring with the uh, Mark IV with the Bruce McLaren, the twelve-hour Sebring. You know, for Ford. So, um, and that, you know, what was interesting about that weekend was that um, uh, AJ and I were running uh, Atlanta and Sebring, and of course, Sebring happens uh, on a Saturday. And uh, so uh, Ford had a plane for us qualifying at Atlanta, qualifying at Sebring. And at Sebring, that, that race was, uh, oh my goodness, uh, um, it was the hottest race I ever had, you know, because it was a lot of wind and, and a lot of the air intakes for the cockpit uh, got plugged up, you know, with debris and paper and so forth. And uh, the only two drivers in those days, you know, so Bruce and I were just totally spent. And then the next day, I had to run the 500 miler in Atlanta, and and ran. And I think it was 492 laps, and I blew the right front. I was running third. Ah. <laughs> and then, <laughs> then I sat in the in in the hotel room for three days with my wife pouring water on me, <laughs> trying to revive me. <laughs> you know, you're great moments, though. You know, uh, I felt like I uh, did pretty good couple of days work, you know, that weekend. You know? Yeah, I, I was blessed. I got to run um, Sebring and Le Mans and Daytona in a Ferrari. Um, and and my memories of, of that are just amazing because, you know, as a kid grew up in Kentucky and I'm driving a Ferrari down, down the, you know, down the back straightaway at Le Mans thinking to myself, awesome. how yeah. the hell did I get here? You know, if, <laughs> you know, fast forward, you know, 30 years, how did this happen? Um, and, and I wanted to ask you about um, that that track specifically. What I've never raced a more difficult track, just just because of the the technique that it had some wide open areas and some some technique that that you had to have as well to be versatile on that type of track. What was Le Mans like that one of the toughest tracks to you, or what what was the most challenging track that you ever raced on in any discipline? Well, I, I think when it comes to most challenge, it was the old Nürburgring, ah. uh, 14 miles long. And I'll tell you what, you had to live there to be able to really learn it properly, to be able to feel comfortable. And there's so many places that you didn't want to miss, you know. And uh, so, uh, quite honestly, Le Mans, to me, is, uh, is a track that really flows nicely, you know, because, uh, you know, the speed is... This is great speed, I mean, amazing, you know, top speed for the Monsanto straight, even though now it has the chicanes. I don't know if you ran when it had the chicanes, but uh, even with the chicanes, you know, the speeds with the, you know, with the prototypes were are up in around 240 mile an hour range, mm. you know, and, uh, but, uh, but again, the, it seemed like the track just flows nicely. I love driving Le Mans. I really, really did. Um, and, um, but as far as other tracks, you know, there's so many. I mean, it's uh, um, in so many of the Formula One tracks are, are really, really, you know, very technical, you know, to drive. Uh, you enjoy spa? Yes, I'm doing spa on, on the simulator. I'm loving it, you know. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I did a test to spa. I thought I was, yeah, I was one of the first ones to do uh, with a, Lotus 79 would, would to do the uh, Eau Rouge flat. Ah. As far as, you know, you could tell. But uh, 
nevertheless, um, uh, but in those days, uh, unfortunately, we didn't run SPA. We just did a test there because uh, uh, the longer version, you know, was too dangerous. But we did a test, and then Zolder was the place. But I had one at Zolder. Um, but um, uh, like I said, uh, where else? What else was? I lost my train of thought there. I was going to tell you about Arouge. When I oh, raced there, yeah, I, tell me about Arouge. I, I renamed it Ah oh, Shit because. <laughs> But I would go, I would go in there and I'm like, I'm, and I'm so happy you told me you ran, you're the first to run it flat because I went in there I think I am. <laughs> saying, I'm going flat this time. And I'd go down that hill and I'd let off the gas and I'd be, damn. And I'd, I'd run the rest of the track for, you know, three minutes just to get back there to try again. But, but you just I, wait, you wait for the compression, you know, like the first part, then the compression. And that gives you some sense of safety, like, you know, you really get the grip. Yeah. And then, um, then the second part, when you start turning left, you got to do it very gingerly, you know. But, um, that, that's, that's an incredible, uh, that's an incredible track, actually. And, and that, that, that Eau Rouge is the corner. Yeah. The corner, yeah. It's my favorite memory of getting to do the sports car was, was running, running spa. What, what a thrilling um what a thrilling experience that was you've you've had many 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 checkered flags obviously and you're a legend and and a, and just a great guy um that I, that i love speaking with but i wonder like i remember a spectacular wreck you had testing in indy it looked crazy um what was that what was the scariest wreck you ever had what was the worst moment that you had well, I think you're talking about uh, while well, I was testing in 2003 at Indy, and uh, actually, uh, this was like an insurance run for Michael. Um, one of Michael's driver, Tony Kanan, uh, had an accident in Japan, the race before Indy, and uh, had a crack on his wrist. You know, just uh, uh, just a small fracture, and. Uh, he wasn't sure that he could qualify the car. He was pretty sure that he could race it. So um, we're coming up to, uh, you know, to Indy activity, but there was an open test before that. And uh, Michael says, uh, you know, that you want, do you mind? He said, I'm trying to find somebody that can probably potentially qualify the car, you know, to, uh, you know, to be able to, to save the sponsor, so to speak. Uh, uh, I said, yeah, I'll do it. I said, if, if I have a proper test, and at that time I had been out of an IndyCar like nine years because I was 63 years old in 2003. And uh, quite honestly, Michael, I, I went out there and, and I was in my element pretty quick. You know, yeah. uh, up, the car was set up quite nicely. You know, I had Tony's engineer and so forth. And, uh, and I had the confidence, you know. And uh, so by myself, we kept trimming, trimming, and and I and I ran by myself, but toward the end of the day, by myself, I was quickest, like a 227. And, uh, and I figured I wanted to put like a 230 or plus, you know, on, on the board. And right at the last run of the day, um, I picked up a really a good toe with uh, Kenny Brack, was a Foyt's car, actually, with another Honda. And going into turn one, he blows an engine. But... He was far enough that you know the turn one is kind of blind, and uh, and I didn't know because testing you don't get that kind of information you know from the corner work, 
So when I arrived there, I just saw, you know, pieces all over the place. And uh, this was the first test, the first running that they did when they put the safe walls out there. And uh, you know those wedges that are supposed to, you know, take the, the impact? But at that point, they had them all loose. So when he hit, the wedge flew out and, and landed in the middle of the track. When I arrived there and the telemetry said 222 miles an hour at the exit of turn one, uh, I, saw, I had pieces all over the place and this wedge was right in the middle of the track. And I hit it and it dislodged the front, you know, the downforce. Yes. As soon as the car picked up attitude, it started flying like an F-16 and and it just went over, you know, a couple, three times over. And at that point, you know, I thought there was, uh, I thought that, you know, I was hoping they wouldn't have any vacancy upstairs because uh, I thought it <laughs> might hurt. But I was lucky, you know, I landed on four beautiful Firestone tires and, <laughs> and I was okay, you know. But um, uh, yeah, it was a scary moment for sure. Uh, it really was. I, uh, I love that, hoping there was no vacancies upstairs, because I've had that feeling a few times uh, <laughs> sure. in, in my career. I got I to gotta tell you something that I was speaking with Bobby Labonte this morning, and Bobby Labonte told me a story about you. I wanted to share it and how much it meant to him. So he said he's walking down the hall uh, at a hotel or convention center or something in Las Vegas, and he can see about 100 feet ahead, he said, He's by himself, and he says to himself, that's, that's Mario Andretti. That's Mario Andretti coming this way. And he said, what do I do? I bother him? Do I, do I, do I say anything to him? And, and Bobby said, you, you said, well, hello, Bobby. Great season you're having so far. It was 2000 when he won the championship. Great season you're having so far. Um, you know, really appreciate what you do. And, that, you know, that – the, those type of moments, the things that you, the way you're able to touch people, God, God blessed you or gave you this incredible gift. And I just want to tell you that it meant the world to him that you recognized. And he, he said, he said, you know what he did when I won the championship? He sent me a fax. That was back when we had fax machines, you know? <laughs> sent me a fax. Congratulations. It meant the world to me that he recognized me. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> so. I had no idea that he would, but uh, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you know, I follow all you guys. Obviously, it's uh, it's like a big family. You know, it's uh, some of us have raced together, but uh, most of you are a little bit younger. So, uh, but nevertheless, you know, you know the Lamonti brothers and uh, and the Waltrip brothers, and on and on and on. You know, so uh, we've all been around a while. Well, who's your favorite driver to watch these days, whether it be a NASCAR or IndyCar? Or who, do, who really gets your attention nowadays? I think uh, I, I keep an open mind. I really, uh, uh, sometimes I tweet and I figure, you know, they're all my favorites. <laughs> you know, I just, uh, you know, you like the winners, you know. Yeah. Just, uh, and the, to me, uh, you know, obviously, quite honestly, I mean, it's a, uh, this, the guys that are actually they, they, they run up front, that uh, they're the usual suspects. Uh, they're the ones that I, I have the most appreciation for because um, they have that edge, you know, that uh, who doesn't love winners, you know? And, uh, and, and again, along the way, uh, there's always somebody coming on and there's a lot of young talents now that uh, really uh, interesting uh, to watch. Uh, actually, 
uh, you know, the cycle is normal there, you know, with drivers retiring and so forth. And you got some of those young talents coming through and, and uh, both, uh, I mean, NASCAR and IndyCar and Formula One, you know, have some, some really, really interesting young lads coming on that uh, are definitely the future champions. And uh, that's why I, I couldn't wait for the season to get going, you know, just to watch some of that uh, just coming to be. Uh, and, and, and again, you know, that, that's what uh, makes our sport so interesting. And for us, they're really, you know, so, uh, so involved in it. And uh, uh, it, it, there's always, I mean, it's never a blot. There's always something new, always something uh, great to look forward to. And, and the sport is really uh, uh, so well placed, uh, you know, nowadays uh, with all the, uh, you know, <laughs> objects, object, objects that we have to, to deal with. Uh, but, um, uh, and that's why, you know, we, we're all chomping at the bit. And, and I, I said the other day, I was uh, talking with Jim France and I said, kudos to NASCAR yes. guys for getting started first, even though, you know, at the moment we have no spectators. I hope that's not for long because uh, we need to have the spectators. You know, this is show business. And of course it's on TV, but we want the live spectators. We want to talk to the fans and uh, uh, it's the human spirit is so much more alive, you know, when we have that, as you could see, and, and uh, that can come soon enough. But uh, again, at least we're rolling. NASCAR is rolling. Uh, IndyCar will be rolling this uh, coming weekend um, in Dallas. Uh, and, um, and let's get it started, you know. Uh, I'm chomping at the bit to get in my two-seater, you know. It's, <laughs> hey, it's, on my it's on my shoulder right there. I got in your two-seater one day. I, I was thrilled to do that. That, 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 that thing's crazy. I, I, I loved your camper, too. Was that your camper you were pulling to the races one day? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I take to the races. So, I, you know, I can sit on the side of the road, you know, and uh, pop a beer or something and then <laughs> do a little R&R. &R. <laughs> um, speaking of popping a beer, I got a, I got a beer. I made a, I made some beers. Who, tell me, tell me a driver you'd like to sit down with and just have a beer and, and talk about times. I, I, I think you're, you know, anyone would say this is probably pretty correct. You've got AJ Foyt, Mario Andretti, Richard Petty, arguably in, in my time, three of the most famous racers add, add definitely add Dell Earnhardt in there four of the most famous racers ever. Um, how, how, how did you, how were your relationships with those guys? Would you like to have a beer with them? Oh, all day, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know what, even uh, talk about AJ, especially, you know, uh, the way he's mellowing now, he and I are best friends. Ah. <laughs> did you see that one coming? Lifetime, I was gonna have that experience, but uh, uh, even one, a couple of years ago, uh, during his birthday, uh, uh, I tweeted to uh, my BFF, uh, happy birthday, and uh, he asked his son, Larry, he said, hey, what the hell is, is BFF? Is that me? <laughs> my best friend for life. You know? <laughs> and right. and uh, it's been nice. He's even, even called me this year for my birthday. Can you imagine that? That's awesome. So, Every time, like, you know, I, I see uh, 
any of you guys. Uh, and, you know, it's 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 a joy. It's a real treat because, uh, again, you know, you talk about uh, give me that hat. You talk about uh, Richard, for instance. You know, the king. You know, I need the glasses. Put them on. All right. <laughs> How's that? That's a, that's incredible. Yeah, I mean, uh, I always wanted to be a king, you know, like so far, he got me the hat, you know, but uh, I'm almost there. I think it's a great look for you, sir. <laughs> you'll have to uh, tell me about your They're autograph. These, these, uh, these are autographed. That's precious. That's perfect. Uh, tell me about your memoirs. I mean, I, I am yeah. I cannot wait. When's it going to come out? And how's it going? <laughs> What's the process like? Are you enjoying it? Well, I'm enjoying it to some degree because uh, uh, I don't think I would have attacked this project if it wasn't for, uh, you know, this lockdown. Um, and, and, you know, even though I, I'm, I'm staying busy, I mean, I got, you know, always something going. I mean, there's interviews and like today with Zoom and all that sort of thing. So it's very popular because our world, you know, is uh, full of energy, you know, all pent up and, you know, not just in the United States, but all over. I mean, I, uh, and, and with the technology you have today with Zoom, you know, you can, you, you, you know, you interview Colombia, interview in Australia, interview in, in Britain, Great Britain, Italy, and so on, you know, and I get a lot of that. And, and I think it's great, you know, because uh, it's, it's amazing how it shrinks the world. Mm -hmm. But, um, uh, but the memoirs, uh, again, it just gave me the, uh, the opportunity to just uh, fill the time and devote the time uh, to do this. Uh, and it probably would have taken three, four years, you know, if I would have done it just while I was still, you know, normal, or, or my normal routine. But now it's probably going to take a little, quite a bit shorter, you know, because right. We designate, I have a really great author with me that uh, helps me through it, uh, to put things in perspective properly, you know, and, um, and, and again, it's a guy, uh, guy name is uh, David Fisher. And, and, and I, I, I'm enjoying recollecting, you know, a lot yeah. of private things as you know, like, uh, things that, uh, uh, done with like with my wife uh, that uh, you know before there was no no reason to really talk about but the, the meaningful how meaningful certain moments were all around not just for that time itself but what it meant in the big picture of it all and um, you know the travel that we did with the family uh, you know my wife traveled with me you know to six continents you know that's what I that I raced in and uh, at one time or another, you know, there was uh, just great moments there and uh, to, to, to just really put in, 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 in perspective and be able to talk about and reminisce. And so you, you only do those things when, you know, when, when there's a reason for it like this. And, uh, uh, and again, um, I don't know. Uh, I still don't know how it's going to wind up, but... Uh, but we're just throwing stuff together, uh, just trying to remember uh, just things that are meaningful that we never even talked about. You know, we have a, I have a, you know, three or four books out, you know, and 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 that, that we did ourselves, uh, 
but um, it was all primarily just about the career, you know, just talking about the nuts and bolts of the career. But this is more, as you say, there's more than just a career. There's other, there's a, there's a life, you know, to us as well. And, uh, and that's what the memoirs are all about. So, you know, we'll just have all those things in there and, uh, but we'll see what, what comes out. It's probably going to be just 10 pages. Ah, uh, no, it's going to be 1,100 pages. There's <laughs> so much to, to tell and so much to share. And I, I was uh, blessed. I, I wrote a book, and it, it did okay. And, um, you know, people just said, you know, I read your book, and it, it made me smile. It made me happy, you know. And, and, and it's a gift that God has given you and, and me, certainly to much less extent, that we, we can make people's day better by sharing a story or smiling at them. And I'm, 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 I know how much you appreciate that. And, and uh, I think it's really cool that you're sharing those stories. Yeah, again, you know, it's, uh, like I said, uh, out of all the negatives that this pandemic is bringing to us, this could be a positive that comes out of what I'm, you know, uh, what I'm doing, I guess, uh, for myself. At this stage of my life, anyway. Um, there's a picture by my producer buddy from Fox Sports, Mark Smith, shared with me. Um, you're you you won a race in Eldora in the in Labor Day of '66, you know, and there you are at Eldora with your sprint car, and then you go to Daytona in, in February '67 and win the Daytona 500. Uh, I just I love that. That versatility, the ability to, to to win at Eldora and then go to, you know, go to Daytona and get it done there too. That that tells, that tells a, a whole lot about, you know, the talent that you had behind the wheel. If we needed another example of that, well, you know what? When I look back, uh, you know, it says something there that uh, when I look back, um, the opportunities that I had, you know, like the, especially in the years when I was doing the Formula One, go from Formula One to a dirt track. You know that in 1968, uh, my debut was supposed to be in Italy at the Italian Grand Prix. And, um, and so, uh, but I was running for the championship. So on a Saturday, on that Saturday, they were running the Hoosier 100 at Indianapolis. So I, I did a deal with the uh, organizers that they were going to, um, to waive the 24-hour rule that was in place at that time for any, you know, FIA race, and um, and any all the USAC races were part of the FIA. So anyway, that was all agreed. So here I am, Friday, I'm qualifying for the race because in those days, every time we were on the track, you know, there were like two practices Friday, two practices Saturday, but the times counted. The quickest time of the weekend was your qualifying time. So I really had to get it on. Uh, on the morning practice and and I was you know at that point I was like 1.7 seconds quicker you know but uh, that was only the first practice but and then I got a took a plane and of course you know came to New York then Indianapolis I ran the Hoosier 100 on Saturday and I finished second to Foyt and then overnighted to uh to Italy for the Grand Prix the next day and it was so funny. I mean, it's uh, just made it there. And, and there was a protest. Ferrari protested. I, I think it's Ferrari because it was, you know, a bunch of Italians there. And uh, Colin Chapman couldn't, uh, yeah, we couldn't speak uh, Italian, you know. So, and they would not allow me 
in the room to contest it. And, uh, and the hell, they won't let me start. My car actually was seventh on the grid and they won't let me start. And um, so anyway, but the point I'm making, you're going, you know, from Formula One to a dirt car and then back to Formula <laughs> One. I used to love that. That, that is incredible. From Argentina, I, love I used to go from Argentina to Ducoin, Illinois, you know. And <laughs> I wouldn't trade that for anything, you know. I, I would love to be to be racing today, quite honestly. Uh, yeah, I love, uh, you know, with the, the cars that are running today and, and, and everything. But uh, but I will not give up, you know, the, the, uh, the opportunities that I had over the different decades, you know, 60s, 70s, 80s, you know, and part of the 90s. Um, only because of that diversity, that, you know, to be able yeah. to jump around, you know, you could say you go from a stock car to a sports prototype to a dirt car, you know, and in 74, I was running Formula 5000 and, uh, and I won the, uh, the national dirt track championship, you know, with the, with the champ cars, you know, so, uh, and again, that's what I love the most. And Michael, I'll match my love for driving a race car with anybody on this planet. You know, I just, I live for that. And uh, I, I know what, because it's probably because when I was young and, and uh, I was just still dreaming about it, it seemed like such an impossible dream. That'd be a truly impossible dream. You know, going through uh, after the war, we were obviously product of the World War II. And, you know, we became refugees and then, you know, the, obviously at the young age, but uh, you sense you know, the instability, uh, you know, from your, from your parents and everything else. And then, you know, come into this country, uh, and figure, okay, I don't know, you know, I knew what was going on in Italy. It was hoping that I would start driving more, you know, motorcycles, racing first, and the easiest way, you know, to get in. And then we come to uh, America and uh, we arrive here in June, June on, on a Thursday, and on a Sunday, I discovered there's a half a mile dirt track. I had no idea what a half a mile dirt track was all about, but it was a lot of noise. And Aldo and I just booked, you know, we went out there and looked at those cars and figured, man, man, you know, maybe America won't be so bad after all. Yeah. And, you know, two years later, we started building a car, stock car for, uh, you know, you know, to, to the race locally with four other buddies. And uh, what did we choose? We chose a Hudson. Why? Because uh, like Herb Thomas and those guys, you know, they were, they were cleaning house in NASCAR, especially on the short tracks. Because uh -huh. the cars were, you know, there was the only car that had unibody construction was so rigid. And they, you know, they held the cross weight and everything. And uh, somehow one of our buddies, you know, I had no idea, but uh, this, guy that, that one of our buddies was Charlie Mitch, you know, he was pretty informed about NASCAR even at, at that time. And, and he decided, um, you know, to, um, you know, to, to go in that direction. And, and that was the best thing we could have done. And, but had we, you know, here we go in America, two years later, we started building a car and I was 17 then. And I figure you had to be 21 in those days to drive professionally because of insurance or whatever. And um, so I figured we got four years to do it. And then, but the car was done in two years <laughs> and we owed some money. So we had to go earn. 
And uh, so we had a local uh, editor of the local paper here, a guy by the name of Les Young. He fudged our uh, uh, birth date on our license. And we started, I started driving in 19. And um, I never looked back, you know, just uh, that's when my career started in 59 in March. And, and just straight through, you know, never, uh, never interrupted. I was, you know, so, so lucky, you know, as you can imagine. But the opportunity that this country provided for us, for me, and for the family, it was just golden. Couldn't have happened anywhere else on the planet. And, and again, when I look back, and this is why I still have the same love for the sport that I had then, because it's something that potentially I felt that I couldn't have. And, and just to have it and to be able to just keep it and keep going, um, it's something that, again, I relish today as much as I did at the very beginning, so. Well, I just have to tell you the, the, the joy that you brought to so many because of your passion, your heart, and your love for auto racing, it, 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 it touches me and I, I wanna, I want to tell you how much I appreciate you joining me today and letting me hear some of those stories and making me look more forward to getting your memoir when you get it completed. And um, just your, your, your kindness and your, you know, taking the time for us today. Uh, I appreciate you very much. My pleasure, my friend. Anytime. Hope to see you. Yeah, I hope to see you at the races soon. At the races soon, you bet. Wow, what, what an honor. Uh, I'm so thankful that Mario took time to, to spend with us and share those great stories. I'm looking forward to reading his memoir when that comes out in the fall, but um, it, just, it just goes to show you what, what a champion he is, but, but what a great human being Mario Andretti is to, 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 to just take time out of his day to, uh, to chat with me so that we could share our podcast. Uh, you can get us on all of Fox Sports social channels, uh, those platforms were available. Also, you can go to your favorite podcast app, obviously, to watch Walter Funfiltered. I've had a great day. I'm, I'm going to have a beer now and just just relish in in the fact that a legend like Mario Andretti would, would spend time with us today. So thanks to Ford Martin, my producer, Neil Foley, all the folks at Fox are putting together Walter Funfiltered and letting me um, live a dream. You know, getting to just hang out with Mario Andretti. Doesn't get much better than that. Thanks for watching. We'll talk to you next week.